You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Visit bpn.fm to discover more. The art of performing is certainly filled with joy and passion and can offer a creative fulfillment not found in many other professions. But as this podcast highlights with each episode, there are also underlying bouts of stress, anxiety, and frustration that can come with being an artist and offering our personal creative selves to others. And as much as I thoroughly enjoy bringing guests on this podcast to talk about similar subjects, I also enjoy talking with others about these important topics. And so last year, in the midst of a pandemic and theaters still shut down, I joined Mustafa Ashraf and his co-host Yara on their podcast called Mental Talk, where we discussed performance anxiety. The show is produced by a nonprofit organization called Advice Seekers, which aims to provide help in the areas of mental health and online anti-bullying campaigns. I'll be back with another regular episode next week, but for today I wanted to share with you this candid discussion with Mo and Yara about my own struggles with doubt and worry and what I do to push through that. Hey guys, welcome back to another great episode of Mental Talk where we talk about everything mental. Today's episode is again about anxiety and just explaining anxiety, talking about it and uh, anxiety in performing. Obviously, I have Yara here, my co-host, and we have an awesome guest with us, Patrick Oliver Jones. So today we're talking about anxiety again, and uh, it's a really important topic, especially that Patrick here is an actor um, in musical theater and uh, in New York. Uh, Can you tell the people a little bit about yourself and where can they find you? Well, I am uh, here in New York City, uh, an actor for uh, professionally for almost 30 years. And it's, a, it's, it's been a, a schlog, <laughs> to say the least. You know, a lot of highs, certainly a lot of lows as well. But it's certainly something that, fortunately, I, I feel very, very blessed to call myself a full-time actor, which is not something that a lot of actors can do as far as just making a living solely off acting. Uh, I've, I've had my side jobs, but I've been very blessed to, to work at it full time and, and make a living off that. And as far as where to find me, uh, my preferred choice is Instagram. I've, I've gone through the Twitter and Facebook, but Instagram is kind of where I love to be and, and where I tend to connect the most. So that's P-O-J-N-Y-C. Awesome. Um, I also heard that you have a podcast that you do. Yes, yes. Uh, For about uh, the last four years, I've been doing a podcast called Why I'll Never Make It, which for the last year has certainly taken on new meaning for us actors. But it it really is about people just from all different aspects of the performing arts profession and get their takes on why this business, this industry is so special to them, but also what makes it difficult, what keeps them going. That's awesome. I did hear a couple of episodes. I I love it. I love the title of it. It just makes it so real. Yeah, yeah. it's a title that people either kind of cock their head and go, "Wait, what? Why would you say that?" And then other people yeah. kind of laugh and, and and they get it. They they know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I mean, without further ado, let's talk a little bit about anxiety and and starting off with you're obviously a performer. Uh how does you know, anxiety uh, affect performers on like a daily basis? I would say that the, the biggest way that it, it affects us, and, and I certainly talk about myself mostly, in the form of self-doubt, in the way that 
am, am I good enough? Because it's so easy to compare ourselves with other actors, with other performers, with other people that are making it in this business. How do I compare with them? Where do I match up? Am I making the right money? Am I doing the right roles? Do I have a big enough resume? And so the, the self-doubt about how we're doing in this business, I think, is one of the overarching anxieties that a lot of actors particularly go through. And I know for myself, that comes into play both in the audition room, you know, because that's when you are the focal point, there's people behind the table, they're just staring at you, waiting for you to make the magic happen, and hopefully you'll get cast, you know. But as, as it goes, 95% of the time, you are not going to get cast. So it, the, it's a very small percentage rate of auditions that actually keep going to you eventually being cast. So it's, it's one of those things that it's constant rejection, constant rethinking, constant uh, ways to, uh, to, to doubt yourself and to wonder if, if, if you're good enough, wonder if you're doing the right things, wonder if you know, you're, you're going to get that next job, wonder if you need to be doing something else. So it's uh, there's there's a lot of ways in which this business can uh, can really make you uh, question yourself. Okay, Patrick, I have a question for you here because something mm -hmm. about this is very interesting. How do you show up every time for the next audition whenever you don't get a role? So let's say you went to an audition and you didn't get the role for that part, for example. So how do you get up the next morning and show up for another audition with all the anxiety that you'd be going through? Hmm. feeling like you didn't make it. So why would I even bother showing up, for example? Well, I will say that, you know, pre-COVID, whenever auditions were a normal thing, especially here in New York, and I will say that here in New York, it's almost a blessing because there are so many audition opportunities that in some way that makes it easier because say I'll have three auditions this day, but I have two the next, two the next, four the next, you know, so there's constantly a new influx of new auditions. So there's almost no time to really focus on one audition to have that be the end all be all. So in many ways that kind of helps because one audition is just another is just another. And you just kind of keep doing that week after week. Maybe you'll get a call back. Oh, great. It's kind of a bonus. And then you actually get cast in a show. That's even the, the cherry on top. So I will say that being in New York has helped it does help with that anxiety because there's just so many auditions. But there are those times when, especially when it's maybe the, the winter time when there's fewer auditions and maybe I haven't worked for three, four, five, six months, that the one or two auditions you get a week, they start to mean a little bit more. And you can start to put a few more of your eggs in that one basket and hope that that comes along. And I will say that for that, I try to look at them in the same way that I look at it when there's 17 auditions in one week, as, as opposed to just one a week. I try to look at them the same because the job of any actor is to audition. We get to perform and that's a great perk of being an actor, but our main job is really to keep auditioning. Because like I said, 90, 95% of the time, that's all we're doing is auditioning. So there is that joy of working on a particular song or a scene and getting to them perform that for a few minutes in front of people. I, I, there's one particular time where I got to audition for the Harry Potter play. And yeah. I, I'm, I'm not, 
you know, I'm not necessarily perfect for any of the roles, but at the same time, it, it's it's a great play. Obviously, being a part of Harry Potter, that has yeah. its own kind of magical wonderment. But for four minutes, I got to 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 take on a role, and I got to be Malfoy, a grown up as an adult, and I got to be that part. I got to give my take on that character. So for those three or four minutes, I got to to be him. And I was the only one being him at that particular moment in time. So it, it it's those little things that you can kind of walk away with. And even if you don't get it, there's still some joy to be found in just the act of getting to portray these characters, even for a few minutes. I love this a lot because it focuses a lot on living in the moment. And mm -hmm. I just love how uh, you're portraying anxiety as if it's, it's a healthy part of going through the process. <laughs> or yeah. it's sort of like it's it's part of the package and the, the 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 trick here is to not focus on it and more of like be in the moment and be present and enjoy whatever that you have for for that time being and if you do get it then that's really good news if you don't then there's plenty of fish in the sea and you can just keep going on and on and on and on and then it's just part of the process so i really love how you're handling the whole situation to be honest yeah, I mean, it, it really is, uh, with this profession in particular, rejection, that nervousness, the anxiety, that is just, it's just a given. It's a part of this business. And so, yeah, there, there are times where, where that nervousness can actually help you, you know, like you're, you're, you're excited about a role. And so it makes you kind of dig in deeper, prepare yourself better, so that the more prepared you are, hopefully the less nervous you'll be in the audition or in that performance. But at the same time, there's still those times, even in the midst of having having work. I remember one of the times when I was uh, I was working for Disney Cruise Line, and I was getting to play Jafar in Aladdin on on board the ship. And but still, at the same time, I you know when I wasn't performing, which was only uh, just a, a couple of days, two or three days out of the week, the rest of the time, which sounds like great and wonderful. I, I'm on vacation. I'm on a ship and I get to do this to that. But as far as the performing, as far as the, the satisfaction, I, I still felt like, well, what's next? Like I, I didn't feel fulfilled at that particular moment. And I, I thought about, well, maybe, maybe I should leave New York. Maybe I should. I, I basically wanted to find a way to be comfortable again and not feel like I was constantly looking over the next horizon, looking toward the next hurdle, trying to overcome this or do that. I wanted to find an easy way to just be a performer and have it just be comfortable. And th there are definitely those times where even I have to kind of talk myself through those. And it's, uh, it's not always easy to, uh, to be satisfied with this job that is so uncertain. But um, yeah, but it, it's, it's, it's a matter of kind of even pushing through those tough times to know that there is going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. Well, yeah, first of all, I really want to thank you for raising a flag on a very uh, important topic that I'd like to discuss with you today, which is high functioning anxiety. So mm -hmm. basically what you just described, the feeling that you just described is high functioning anxiety, where basically a person would be uh, someone who shows up early for work or he'd be getting places, they'd be doing something that they enjoy but at the end of the day, they'd still feel this feeling of unease or being uncomfortable or feeling that there's something, there's always something to worry about. And I feel like it's important to talk about this because not a lot of people are aware of this because we've 
been introduced to a certain stereotype of anxiety where it just means that I'm having any type of a panic attack or there's this just like physical symptoms, but not a lot of people are aware of high functioning anxiety, anxiety I'm sorry, that it is there and you can be someone who shows up to work every day. You can be someone who's getting places. You can be someone who's doing actually something that means a lot of a lot to them. And at the end of the day, they're still feeling anxious about it. And to be honest, it's pretty normal. I feel like all of us sort of like go through this, but nobody talks about it or nobody's mm. like, it, it's, it's, it's out there. It's like an elephant in the room, but nobody is aware of how this relates in some way or another to anxiety. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot to learn from your experience, to be honest, because whether you're an actor, whether you're a doctor, whatever you're doing, at some part of the day, people still have this nervous feeling of that they're not enough or they're not doing a lot, for example, or they could be better in one way or another. So what would you suggest that whenever I'm having this feeling, even though I'm, I'm accomplishing a lot of stuff, how can I handle that? So if you can just like take me through your routine, talking to yourself whenever you're in one of those moments. Yeah, yeah, I, I think it's really interesting that I hadn't heard that particular phrase before, high-functioning anxiety. But that, that really is what I think the, not necessarily the, the most successful actors, but I think the, the, the ones that stick it out the longest, the ones that don't end up maybe falling off and, and deciding on another career, but the ones that stick with it the longest, I think, find a way to, as you say, function through that anxiety. And there was a, a class that I took with uh, Joanna Gleason. She's a, a famous actress, both on Broadway and TV film. And I took a class with her and there was one thing that she said that really stuck with me. And she, she addressed this idea of going to auditions and either, either you just don't, you don't get booked, as I said, which is the, the most common thing, or maybe it was just a bad audition. Like you just didn't do well. And she said that there's a, a way to deal with it in the fact that you can't just slough it off. Like because of particularly actors, we're, we're giving of ourselves. We're a particular character. We're singing an emotional song. There, there's a, a part of ourselves that is in these auditions, that is in these performances. And so to be rejected and have that scene is not good enough, it is a part of ourselves that can be rejected as well. And she said, you can't just slough that off. It has to be acknowledged. And she said, take 20 minutes. Take what, take a, a moment in time. Acknowledge that. You can beat yourself up. You can be angry. You can be sad. You can cry. There needs to be a way to, to address it, acknowledge that rejection. But then you have to put it aside. So it, it's, it's basically a way of, of letting your, your heart kind of go through the, the, the five stages of grief in like 20 minutes, go through it all, yeah. express it, and, then, and then, then let it go on to the next audition, on to the next performance, whatever it is. Because it, 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 as I said before, it does somewhat get easier when you're, especially when you're in a performance, that you know you have the next show. You have the next show to make up for whatever mistakes you did. You have the next audition to make up for whatever the last audition was. There's always that next, that next thing that's coming your way where you can, you can be good again, where you can be proud of the preparation and the work that you've done. So it, I think that's, that's one of the things that's definitely helped me in both acknowledging it, but then being able to, uh, to move on to the next. 
Well, yeah, what I really love about this is is that um, adding to what you do, like a huge part of solving or getting through whatever anxiety attack that I'd be getting because of a, a certain rejection would be definitely acknowledging the situation and like speaking my feelings out. But adding to that, what I usually used to do uh, in, whenever I'm going into another audition, for example, or whenever I'm going into another job interview or something like that, is always telling myself what's the worst that can happen. I got rejected mm -hmm. before. I still showed up. I'm still here. I'm getting a new opportunity. So what's the worst happen? Like I went through this where I can definitely do it again. And every single time I come with sort of like a different experience that makes me more mature, understanding my, my emotions more, understanding how I react in those situations. And for some, in one way or another, you'd, you'd always get uh, an extra part of like getting to know yourself more in those high-functioning anxiety attacks of term but uh it's definitely important to acknowledge the situation definitely that's that's the 50 percent of the work and another 50 percent of the work is like always reminding yourself that you've done that before you can definitely do it over and over and over again over 100 times until you can perfect it so yeah you i have, totally agree with you yeah i would say that that's that you brought up a good point about getting to know yourself that that, that that's a big part of the process and i think that for any actor, but I think for, for anyone in life, that the more you know yourself, the more that you're in touch with who you are as a person outside of your job, outside of this anxiety-filled profession or, or task that you have to do, to know yourself apart from that is so, is so important. And I know that the times whenever I felt the most anxious about something is whenever I forget that I am separate from that audition, I am separate from that performance, that I have worth and value and contribute to things that are outside of the performing world. But whenever all I do is focus on, well, it's a Broadway audition, I, I have to get this, I, I, I want this, I want, when all, when it consumes me, then I don't have any room to feel or think about anything else. And so of course, then it's going to be even more nerve-wracking to do that audition because I'm putting so much pressure on myself and so much expectation in how that audition can come out. And speaking of auditions, one of the topics I love talking about most with guests is their own adventures or misadventures inside the audition room. Now, once a year, I do present a compilation of audition stories, but there are so many more that never make it into those episodes. So if you'd like to hear each and every story from my podcast guests, then consider subscribing to the members-only feed of Why I'll Never Make It. You'll get bonus episodes and special content not available anywhere else, all for one low monthly subscription, which helps support the ongoing work of this podcast. So join today at whyillnevermakeit.com and start listening to even more audition stories. And now back to my conversation on mental talk with Mo and Yara. Right now, we're, what we're talking about is getting anxiety when you first step up to the plate and getting auditions. What I want to kind of divert our conversation to is uh something that that happens to a lot of people it happened to me before i've been in a couple of plays i love acting it's something that i love doing i love filmmaking i love all that kind of stuff and it's it's always been my hobby 
Um, and I remember the first play I was ever in, I, I had performance anxiety and it's when you can't perform because of all that, you know, panic, all that, all that stuff, everyone looking at you and stuff like that. So I want to kind of divert it to you and, and ask you, how can you get over performance anxiety? Can, will it ever go away? Or every time you get into a new play, every time you go on to theater, every time you go on to a show, it will happen again and again and again. And then also, are there any tips to kind of help you through that? Well, as far as the the nervousness, the anxiety, I I think it is something that's going to be present. It, it there there are certain shows where I don't have the anxiety, um, whether it's a show that maybe I've done before, so I'm doing it again, so I know that show a lot better, um, that I'm less nervous about that. But you know, still, anytime you're in front of an audience that all it takes is that split second of, you know, you're, you're having dialogue with the scene and all of a sudden you, you start to kind of, you know, an, an actor's brain, we're always like two or three lines ahead, just kind of like going through the script in our brain as the dialogue is happening. So, we, you know, we're, we have a flow and then you kind of reach a point where you're not sure what that next line is. It's all of a sudden your, your brain can't remember it. You're, it. The line's coming, you're in the dialogue and there's that split second where you don't know, and then your mouth starts saying the words, and then you're back on it again. So that certainly happens. Your 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 muscle memory almost takes over. So I think even even if you know what you're doing, if you know a show, in, in my particular case, you know, a show that I've done over and over and over again, that for whatever reason, that particular moment, that particular day, the line wasn't there, but then eventually it came in. So the anxiety is always going to be there. And as far as dealing with it, I think that a big part of what I love about acting is that now I've never done a solo show. So there are these one person shows where you are it for an hour and a half. But even within those one person shows and certainly within bigger shows with bigger casts, it's all about teamwork. It's, it's relying on and knowing that you are collaborating with other artists, whether it's the director, the choreographer, your fellow actors on stage. It really is a team effort. And there have been those times where an actor said either a different yeah. line or didn't know what they're doing. And, and I was able to, to kind of ask them a question to get them back or times whenever I forgot my line and someone covered for me and then we got back in the scene. There is this give and take of knowing that you have people around you to support you. And I think that's one of the biggest things to rely upon. And I think that's another reason why actors in particular, we get, we, we become family so quick. Within the third day, we're already acting like brothers and sisters yeah. again. You know, we're, it, and so there's definitely a family atmosphere because we have to trust each other so much when it comes to our performance. And I think through that, I've certainly been able to push past some nervousness and moments where I certainly wasn't at my best on that particular day, but other people were able to support and lift me up on that at that particular time. And, you know, that's, that's the best part is that even everywhere you go, like you can't, you don't have to say in theater and movies or anything like that. It can be like going in a study group or at school or university or college or anywhere like that. When you're sitting with a group of people for, for a great amount of time, working together for a long time, you get used to them. 
and slowly, slowly you get kind of, you know, interacting more. You, you become a family in the end of the day. Mm -hmm. It could even be online. Like you can meet lots of online friends and, you know, hang out together. Uh, so moving on with that, uh, let's, let's talk about anxiety out of performing and, you know, when, have you ever like experienced anxiety outside performing? Let's, let's go with that. Um, yeah, I, I would say that that probably shows up mostly in my relationships. Certainly when, when dealing with other people, whether you're just starting the, the dating out again, or, or you've been in the relationship a long time, there can certainly be a lot of anxiety when it comes to saying the right thing, to presenting yourself the right way, uh, you know, especially those, those first few dates, you know, you want to put that best foot forward. And that can be in, in many ways uh, approaching, approaching someone maybe for the first time, maybe it's at a bar or, or now it's online or however you're meeting someone, that initial contact is kind of like an audition. It's kind of like, okay, well, I, I, I kind of know what I'm going to say and how are they going to receive it? Uh, will they like what I have to say? Will they like this person that I'm presenting? And so that's probably where uh, my my own anxiety has shown up. It's it it is a performance of short of sorts because as much as we you know they keep saying be yourself you know be be the real you when you're meeting someone, but inevitably you're going to showcase the best parts. You're going to be this kind of heightened, wonderful sense of yourself whenever you're, uh, especially meeting someone for the first time. And so yeah. for me. It's interesting that I've noticed that the, the people that I'm most nervous around, the people that I have the hardest time being myself and being comfortable with, those relationships have never worked out or we, 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 we never started dating. But the people yeah. that it almost was without thought, it was something that I didn't feel that nervousness. I didn't feel an expectation. Those were the relationships that tended to be the deepest that lasted the longest. So that anxiety can be uh, kind of a telltale sign of, am I in the right place? Am I with the right person? Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's also about where you put yourself at the end of the day. Um, you know, you have a, you have a great a family, great wife, great husband, great, you know, family, just great, great atmosphere around you. It's, it's all about everything around you. And some people might say, well, you know, that's being selfish, caring about everyone around you rather than caring about yourself. No, it's more of if you're surrounding yourself with bad people, you're going to most likely end up going that way. If you're going to surround yourself with people that are full of hate towards you, then you're just going to have hate towards yourself. You're never going to like yourself for you if you have everyone around you not believing in you or not the right people to be around. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Because that voice inside of us can be the, the loudest voice of all. It doesn't matter whether you're in a, in a, in a tough yeah. environment or a loving environment, you know, that our, our inner voices are really going to, to, to battle with us. They're going to either pump us full of, of ego and then we kind of become narcissistic or they'll pump us full of just, just pushing us down and who do you think you are? And then you just feel worthless. So having, having, the best kind of people around us can only help when our inner voice isn't at its best. Because I know that, that for me, as we were talking about before, that, that self-doubt that can come in, that's when that voice is at its loudest. And I listen to it the most. And even though it's saying things that 
that you know if i <laughs> hold myself away and it's like well that's not that's not reality at all that's not what i yeah. do that's not how i really am but in that moment when that voice is all we hear then it's so important to have people around us that can be a voice of reason that can remind us of of the value and the worth that we bring 100% i mean i couldn't have said it better myself um i just believe that if you honestly want to help yourself and want to kind of go in the right direction, you will end up going in the right direction. Because again, the voice in your head is your voice. It's not anyone else's voice. No one is going to you know, force you to do anything you don't want to do. It's all in your head. It's all you. And you just yeah. sometimes have to listen to yourself. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Yeah. Cause that, that gets back to what we were talking about earlier about, uh, about knowing ourselves that if, if you've taken the time to really get to know who you are outside of these tasks, these professions, the, the career, you know, all, all those things that are, that are important, but they're, they're not who you really are on the inside as a person. So the yeah. deeper, the better that, you know, that, that true self, then when your voice comes along, that inner voice has something that it doesn't quite match up with who you know yourself to be, it's easier to pick it out. Whereas if you're unsure of who you are and your inner voice says something, you might, you might believe it because well, maybe I am like that. So yeah, it, and, and, and I will say that that's something that as, as COVID has happened, I, I've really had my own struggle with as far as now that my acting and performing and that part of myself has been stripped away, oh my gosh, who who am I outside of that? It's been it's been a time to really yeah. figure out what what I mean to myself, what I mean to the people around me outside of of this business. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's exactly how I want to you know keep keep in mind, people. You know what we're saying is 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 about everyone. You know, like we're not we're not targeting performers only that you know only celebrities feel this no everyone feels this way you know yes we have patrick jones you know the biggest actor in the world here but you know <laughs> in the end of the day he feels that i feel it yara feels it everyone feels it now i do want to talk a little bit about you um i have this team i call my little uh, cia team uh they mm -hmm. they like to deep dive on people's instagrams and socials and everything and um, they found out uh, a, a very interesting thing about you. Um, you're married to an actor as well, right? Yes, yes. So can you tell us a little story about how you guys met? Well, we met through a mutual friend and we, we just kind of got to talking. It, it, at first, to be honest, on my end, it was a physical attraction. So it's like, oh, okay, yeah. um, you know, he seems nice. I think, you know, I was certainly getting the vibe from him, the same thing. So it was definitely physical attraction, something yeah. very casual. I invited him to my place for, for dinner. I, yeah. I do like to cook. So, and he was just very taken aback by someone wanting to cook for him. So that, you know, that, that, that was a good way to start off. But what started off very casually began to, I would say within three, four months for me, began to mean something differently because I had, I had, I'd been single for a while. I had come out of a relationship, a long-term relationship that just, it, it, 
if I'm being honest, it just wasn't right from the very beginning, but I, I yeah. stuck with it, maybe hoping it would do something, but it just wasn't really right. And so with, with Dylan, that's my husband's name, with him meeting him for, and getting to know him, I started to kind of, the, these emotional things that I hadn't felt in a while were starting to awaken. And so for me, I knew there was, there was something else there. This wasn't just casual, let, let's keep it you know, easy going, whatever. It, yeah. it started to mean more. So I, I would say within, the, you know, like I said, within a, the first few months, I started to definitely feel a closer attraction, a closer uh, meaning to our relationship. Yeah. And, uh, and fortunately, I stuck with it. He, it took him a little while longer to realize, I think, how good we were together. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of had to wait on him, but, but eventually he caught on to it as well. Yeah. So you got married in 2018, correct? Yep. All right. And you met in 2016. <laughs> Don't worry. We, 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 we know everything about you at this point. <laughs> I bet you do. I bet you do. Um, and I, I, I just love that. You know, you're both actors. You both, you know, you seem like really, really such a cute couple. Um, and here's my question. Uh, have you ever like, has he ever like had anxiety on something and you helped him out in something or he's helped you out in something like what's the kind of, uh, relationship at work, like related yeah. as, you know what I mean? Well, and, and I don't think he would mind me saying, but anxiety is one of uh, those things that he, he yeah. medically and emotionally deals with. It, it is something that he, he's had panic attacks. So that yeah. is something that is, is more heightened with him. It's something that he's, he's had a, a more of a struggle with than I have, yeah. even, even though we've certainly, as I've been talking about, we certainly both have dealt with it. Yeah. But for both of us, we deal with our anxiety a little differently Whereas I am comforted, for example, by statistics, by numbers. And so for me to know the fact that 90, 95% of my auditions aren't going to go anywhere, that gives me comfort. So it's like, okay, if I don't make it, well, then I'm, I'm matching the numbers. Then I'm where I should be. This is normal. It's all good. For him, yeah. that kind of statistical analysis doesn't really work. It's much more of an emotional reaction for him. So you know, I'm still kind of learning because uh, as you said, we've only been married a couple of years. We're going into yeah. our third year now. So we're still kind of getting to know each other. But yeah. I, I know that for him, me comforting him with, oh, well, well, this is, this is normal or this is how it normally is or what well, X, Y, and Z is, is, is how you do that. that for yeah. him, that does it. For him, he likes to talk it out. He, he needs yeah. me to listen. So I, I've certainly gotten better at listening. And I think we're both slowly we're, we're we're still a work in progress but i think we're slowly trying to kind of figure each other out in the best way to to be that support for each other one of the goals of why i'll never make it is to not only showcase that you are not alone that the struggles the setbacks the challenges that you're facing are something that other actors and other creatives go through but in showcasing that, I also want to be a resource for how you can manage your life and your career at the same time. At whyillnevermakeit.com, there's a list of artist resources that you can check out. Some are products and services to help you in your career. Others are ways for you to connect with coaches or teachers or ways that you can actually work on yourself and work on the craft. So head on over to the website and click on artist resources or Look for the link in the show notes.
are you are you like you know appearing in any theater shows soon or uh, anything like that or is it just really really low because of corona there is a project that i was working on it was going to be i believe it was going to be a film at first so this was mm -hmm. pre-covid yeah and then and then they were going to start production and and covid shut that down so uh, about a month ago we had our a reading of it the uh, writers producers director they they gathered the cast again together for our actually it was our first reading of it to start to get this undergoing and they're now looking at it as more of a, a series of episodes yeah so they they revamped the script i think coronavirus and just all the the, the social things that have happened over the last year have, have made them rethink how to write the script so It's called Imposters, and it takes place on a college campus. I'm, uh, I'm a, a, a professor, a, a, like a dean of yeah. the school. Uh, so it's, uh, yeah, so there's a, a dynamic there. And my son is, 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 uh, is of a different race and yeah. also goes to the college. So there's that aspect of it. So yeah. they're, they're trying to bring a lot of different things into what this story could be. And that's yeah. something that's in pre-production right now. So hopefully over the next month, then we'll start to uh, be able to to get behind the camera and get that yeah. going. All right. Well, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait until it comes out. And then I gotta, <laughs> I'll be like, oh, yo, yeah, I just I, you know, I had this guy's guest, too. Like, yep. yeah. Yeah, um, we know a celebrity. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, Patrick, I want to go back to um, dealing with anxiety in relationships, because I've had a lot of friends who have anxiety but they complain a lot from their partners that they don't know how to handle it or yeah. they feel like they're not understood or they feel like their partners always make it seem like they're overreacting so what advice do you have to give all the the couples out there who have like a partner who is anxious all the time or who keeps getting anxiety attacks what's your um what's your secret handling anxiety <sighs> in your relationship <sighs> Well, I, as, as you say the question, it, it's a question that I've had. And so, you know, as, as I was saying, Dylan and I, we're still a work in progress as, as we're two or three years into this marriage and still getting to know each other. But I, I will say that I think what sustains us is, you know, and this is something that we, we have to remind ourselves about, but also remind each other, is that there is an underlying foundation Of, of a love and a care for each other. And I think in moments of anxiety, it, it is easy to, to forget that, that the other person that we're staring at that doesn't seem to be getting us really isn't our enemy. They, they don't get us and they may be saying something wrong or doing something wrong, but th there has to be that underlying reminder of, but this person does love me and is with me and wants, wants to help me. I know that I myself, have tried to help Dylan and I've helped in the wrong way. I know that Dylan has, has had the best mm -hmm. intentions, but what he did did not help me <laughs> in that moment. So I, I think there's going to be a lot of those, those moments. And, you know, believe me, he's gotten frustrated. I've gotten frustrated. So that's, you know, there is no, there's no way to just have this magical utopian relationship. But I think that as long as I'm, aware that he is trying to help even though it's not in the best way even though i may be trying to help and it may not be doing what i what i hope it is in helping him i think there's an understanding between both of us that that there is there is this love there is something that that binds us together 
apart from the anxiety. Again, it, it kind of gets back to what I was saying before. What are we outside of this frustrating moment, outside of this tense, anxious time? What are we to each other? And and that's and that has to be th- that has to be there so that you have something to fall back on. Because if if all your relate if all your relationship is is this anxious frustrating thing i mean that that might tell you something about where this relationship is headed if it is headed somewhere but it gets back to the love that we have for each other and i know that i will often listen a lot more than i speak i i believe me i i'm i'm someone who likes to voice my opinion so that that could be hard sometimes but listening to me has been the best way for me to know him better. And I think that as long as I continue to listen more than I interject or speak, that I think that's going to help me in the long run. When the time comes when I can speak and help, I I hope that that will enable me to help him in a better way. Well, there you go, guys. The key is being aware. I feel like everything (laughs) goes back to being aware. It's either being aware that the other person is trying to help you. You're you're aware of their intention that they're trying to to help you, even though they they're not doing it in the best way. And the the other part is that being aware of how your partner wants to be helped. Mm -hmm. Listen to them to ask them: Is it okay to hold you? Is it do you want me to listen? Do you want me to just stay quiet and hold your hands? It's just like being aware in general. I feel like it solves a huge part of the problem. So thank you for saying that, Patrick. And you know, I, I we do we do have around seven eight minutes left in our in our episode. Uh, really, really upset that we're gonna you know end it short, but um, <laughs> I'm 100 percent sure you're gonna. Yeah, yeah. If you don't want to come back on on another episode, you're coming back on another episode either way. I'm happy you know, to we'll, happy yeah, to. Yeah, we'll, we'll come to New York <laughs> and we'll record it there. Um, oh, I like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean that would be awesome. That would be really cool. You gotta write that write that down. Uh, <laughs> uh, but no, like seriously, uh, I think that, um, it's such a, it's such a weird thing to say because, uh, you know, normally looking at celebrities, you're, you're obviously thinking, oh, they have the high life They're you know, they're they're They never deal with anxiety or depression or, you know, all that stuff because, oh, they have money. They have, they're rich. They do whatever they want. They, you know, they're always acting on TV They're They always have that kind of face that you're like oh no they're happy but in real in real sense there's they're people they're people that feel anxiety they're people that get anxiety they're people that get panicked they're 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 real people at the end of the day and that's not what people understand there's a stereotype against performers where they're okay all the time and that's not true and I thank you for coming here today and really, you know, breaking that stigma because in the end of the day, if people don't want to understand that, hey, if I'm a if I'm a performer, I get anxiety. If you're a doctor, you can get anxiety. If you're a lawyer, you'll probably get anxiety. If you're myself, I'm 100% anxious at all times. So, you know, at the end of the day, people get it and you need to kind of understand more. Um, and if you don't understand, educate yourself read about it uh google it i mean research it there's so many things that you need to kind of understand with it as well as if you really need to you know research about anxiety this whole month on our you know facebook page we're gonna have all posts about anxiety so you can 
check it out yourselves. Um, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, anxiety is something that everybody feels, everybody gets. Now, yeah. Patrick, before we say our goodbyes and, you know, we kind of get people to where you're at, uh, what's one final thing you want to kind of address about anxiety uh, with performers? Well, in my own podcast, the the kind of people that I interview they they people they're people that have been Broadway big big TV shows, and as you said they they have they have they have made it they have this this great wonderful career success like you know they're they're living the high life, but yet in each of my conversations with them they all have that moment that was where they feel empty where they feel alone where they feel like oh my gosh, am I, am I ever going to get it again? Am I, you know, they, they had one big show and it's been five years. So what's, what's coming next? And that, and that goes with, with someone like Justin Guarini from American Idol. It's so, it was so interesting to talk to him about in the midst of that whirlwind of American Idol. And he's, 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 he's living the, the dream that so many singers want and he has all this attention. And yet he said it was one of the most loneliest times in his life. And then there was a, another girl, Caitlin Kinnanen, who had, had this great Broadway show and then went five years before she got another one. And during that five years, she's, she did auditions. She tried to do, but nothing was happening. So we all have, have those moments where even if we've achieved this high level of, of attention and outward success, that doesn't mean that inwardly that we're going through it as well. So I, I think if I wanted to say anything, it's do not compare yourself or think that, well, everyone else has it going right. It's just me. It isn't just you. You are definitely not alone. Even, if, even though I know you feel alone, you are not the only person going through this. Know that what you're going through is common to all of us at one point or another. And so if there's any solace in the fact that you, you may be physically alone. Maybe there's no one you can reach out to, but know that, that I've gone through it. The people that I talked to and, and worked with have gone through this. And so it's not something that you need to compare yourself to others and be like, I'm so much less than them or undeserving, or I'm just in a worse place than they are. You're, you're, you're not. You are, you're, we're, we're all one big brotherhood and sisterhood of people that have experienced the exact same thing. Exactly. I mean, I literally have chills, man. It just, it really, <laughs> like, it just, it gets to you because the end of the day, we're all humans. We all mm -hmm. get the same thing. You know, we're all given the same thing. We all feel the same thing. And lots of people feel it in different ways and that's okay. You know, some mm -hmm. people like to, uh, you know, get over their anxiety by binge eating. Some people like to get over their anxiety by sitting on Netflix and watching, you know, a series of, uh, so, you know, I mean, I've been honestly, let me just be honest. <laughs> I've been watching this show on Netflix called Somebody Feed Phil. And I've, I've seen that. I, I haven't watched it. Yeah. I've heard of it. I've heard of it. So yeah. good. <laughs> so good. You watch but, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, just plopping down in front of Netflix with a, a, a medium sized pizza and eating yeah. all of it. Sometimes that is what you got to do. And exactly. I've done it. Exactly. So <laughs> go ahead. Order that pizza, get it, and just, you know, just, just have fun. Just have, have, have a night, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. just handle it the way you want to. 
Exactly. All right, uh, guys, you know, it's it's been a great episode. I mean, today has been a, a lot different than, you know, our normal episodes because we always like sit down and talk all seriousness, all about, you know, anxiety and mental talk and mental health and all that stuff. It, at the end, I just want to point something out that this episode is really important because I don't want to go in my future and think, Hey, I, I missed out on an opportunity to talk to someone about performers because at the end of the day, I always wanted to be an actor. I always, you know, I, I, I've been in so many plays. I've been in so many things. I'm a videographer, a photographer and all that stuff. And I just love that stuff. And for me, not knowing what other performers feel uh, with anxiety or depression or, or, or all that stuff just makes me feel not human because they're humans too. And they probably feel the same thing. So it's been an honor to have you uh, on with us, um, and I'm gonna I'm I'm waiting for that invitation for that movie premiere, and I'm just you know I'm just telling <laughs> I will you, let you know. know. I'm waiting for it, <laughs> even if it's a virtual one. You know what? Right. Just don't just tell me where to watch. Right it. in this day, <laughs> I'll be good with that. Be anywhere. <laughs> yeah, honestly, at this point, I don't know where Corona's taking us, but that's a conversation for another time. Uh, thank you for everyone listening in. Uh, you can always get our podcast every Sunday, at literally everywhere you can hear it. Um, we're also going to be publishing it on Facebook as well. Uh, but yeah, so stay tuned to that. And uh, Patrick, thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, it's been a great honor to have you on the show. Thank you. It's been a great conversation. Thank you, Patrick. All right, let's all say bye to them, like really, really childish and weirdly. Bye. Bye <laughs> bye. <laughs> there we go. That's perfect. <laughs> Patrick, man, thank you so much for coming in, dude. It's, Absolutely. Uh, nice nice to, to meet you both virtually. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. Hey, it's Leslie Udom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the Rise Theater Directory, a program of Maestro Music. Rise is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theater professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.